Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Hey, welcome everyone. Baseball America Facebook Live. Once again, John Manuel and Teddy Cahill. Joining you for a college Facebook Live, all of our college content sponsored by Louisville Slugger. Power in numbers. Make sure you visit Louisville Slugger at their social media channels, at Slugger Nation. Teddy, uh, uh, you, you had the power of Slugger Nation behind you last night. I have a feeling when you went 63 for 64 in our final uh, you know, field of 64 projection. I know Mike Lanana helps you out with that. But the final 60, out of the 64, you went 63 for 64 First, because I'm me, who'd you miss? <laughs> I'm uh, critical. We, uh, we missed Miami, which uh, the committee had as the last team out. We had the Canes in. Uh, we had Maryland out in our among our last four out, and they had the, the Terps in. And I don't think the Terps were in their last four in. I think they had the Terps solidly in, uh, which is uh, pretty good news for the Big Ten. They end up with five teams. and uh, They weren't even they, – they were solidly – they were not in the last four in. Yeah, Michigan was in the last four in. I thought they were a little safer uh, than Maryland, although, I mean, they were very similar RPI-wise. But, you know, I guess one of those Big Ten teams was going to be one of the last four in, and, and it was Michigan, not Maryland. So – the Big Ten winds up with five, count them, five bids. It's a big five from the Big Ten, which has, what, 14 members? <laughs> 13. I've, I've lost track. 13, 13 baseball. baseball. That's Thank right. you, Wisconsin. Yeah, exactly. Stay hot, Whiskey. Um, the ACC winds up with seven, one behind the SEC, which had eight bids. So one of the big reasons, of course, is that Miami gets left out. Now, you and I both saw Miami in person. I couldn't tell if Miami failed the eye test for me because they were wearing the Miami uniforms, or they just failed the eye, the eye test, period. I saw them back-to-back weekends against NC State and North Carolina. Uh, they went one and two in both those series. Their best series win of the year was Virginia Tech by RPI. Is that right? I, it it might have been Duke. I, it's Basically, they didn't have one. They, they That's were the short another answer. one of those teams that, that just didn't have a best win. One and one against Florida State, and that rain out <laughs> could go down as the rain out heard around the state, the Sunshine State. Because if Miami, at that time, neither team was playing particularly well, but Miami was playing better than Florida State, in some parallel universe, Miami, they did play that game. Miami won it. Could they have been left out at 17 and 13 in the ACC? It's a little surprising that they get left out at 16 and 13. And the way Florida State finished, you got to think if they'd won that game, if that game had been played and Miami had won it, Miami's probably in. Instead, their streak is over at 44 straight seasons. Of a, with an NCAA tournament bid. Yeah, I, I would think so. And if we remember at the time, it was Florida State fans that were most upset right. about this rain out. That's that they, right. They thought there was something going on here that Miami didn't want to play them. And, you know, ultimately it's it's Miami that gets hurt. I, at 17 and 13, they probably do get in. I mean, clubs and hosts at 17 and 13. Which is shocking as well. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, that that's a tough one. You would think at 16 and 13 would be enough, though, too. I mean, they... Uh, Just, I'm, I should pour one out for my Elon Alumni Association, of which Jim Morris is a member. I have my Elon Cup. Just coincidental for Coach Morris. <laughs> but, you know, 
he, he has a succession plan in place. Do you think this accelerates that succession plan at Miami? I'm no, I mean, it's, it's next year is all. I, I, I don't think he'd step down a year early at all. Uh, I, I don't think there'd be any concern about that. Um, you know, and I, I'm sure they'll be back next year just fine. It was, it was a younger team this year. It's surprising to see regardless. I mean, 44 straight is 44 straight. I mean, right. We've had young teams and made the tournament before. He's he's done that. But, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a massive cause of concern. I, I think it was surprising to see how poorly they played early on in the season. Yeah. But they did get things figured out at the end, and they are playing a lot better. It was against worse competition, sure. But, um, you know, they had – seemingly they had found their stride here at, at the end of the season. Teddy, we had a lot of bubble teams this year. It was a very soft bubble, a lot of a lot of mediocrity is all there is to it. Um, and that bubble got really compressed by what happened in conference tournaments over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday especially. By my the, – the, we just went over it. The bubble crunchers, the teams that really squeeze that bubble together and squeeze out some teams – Rice, shocking <laughs> that that Rice again. Rice was having a Miami season, but they worse finished w- much worse. But they finished with a flourish. And Wayne Graham, tip of the cap that I'm not wearing to you, sir. 80 years young, getting Rice into the postseason by winning Conference USA tournament again. You spoke to Coach Graham uh, about a month ago f- at length. Did he see this coming? He, uh, you know, actually. He he has a picture on the wall in his office. I believe it's from uh, one of the San Jack National Championship teams, and that team, you know, started the season poorly and had to had to find its way down the stretch. And he was talking about how he just wanted to get his team to believe that they could do something like that, that they could go on a run. And apparently, he found a way to convince them that they had this in them because that's exactly what they've done. I know it sounds like a cat poster, but you do have to believe. I'm quoting the Lego <laughs> movie, but uh, that's a great movie. Um, other big bubble crunchers, Xavier. And that leads me to the other inclusion that we had right, St. John's getting in. That was uh, against your better judgment, Teddy. We'll put it that way. Why did, what was the case for St. John's besides 42-11 and 11? And that one win at North Carolina, they had a top 50 win, the only top 50 game they played all year in the RPI. I think the biggest thing St. John's has going for it is just how much they played away from home. Yeah. You know, they they have 25 wins away from Queens. They go 25 and 7 away from their home ballpark. And I think that's a very significant, um, you know, they have a pretty good RPI. They're at 36. And I think that's the other big thing is that the committee really, really stuck to RPI this year. Um, and to be at 36, they're right in that same range as Maryland and Michigan, these two other teams that got in. Right. Um, you know, again, I think that helped Maryland as well. Um, so I, I think that's basically what it was. And, and that RPI is definitely being helped, A, by the fact they have 42 wins, and B, because they played away from home so many times this season. And that's the adjustment the RPI has made the last couple of years, giving to give an advantage to teams in the North and the Upper Midwest to uh, weight road wins more. And that certainly is reflected in Maryland, Michigan, and St. John's all getting in. Uh, Oklahoma State, definite bid stealer. Running through, but they may have stolen a bid from Kansas, for example, or they may have. Do you think they stole a bid from a Big Twelve brethren? I do not. Uh, okay. Kansas, uh, I had liked them as a potential team, but the they uh, got swept last weekend at Texas Tech, and then did not right. do enough in the the Big Twelve tournament. But it is what Oklahoma State did to to get in the tournament. Definitely bid stealing, and uh, very impressive for them to get back to the the tournament uh, after 
what looked like their season was kind of over, but they, they got hot last weekend against Oklahoma and yep. Bedlam, and they carried that over into, into the tournament. Two good weeks can be all it takes. They had one good week to get into their conference tournament, one good week with their conference tournament, beat Texas in the final, and if Texas had won, maybe Texas might have been one of these 16 hosts uh, and said they're not. Uh, DBU, Dallas Baptist, a bid stealer. The Missouri Valley certainly looked like a, like a one-bid league. But they steal that bid, and Missouri State still gets in. Gets in. Didn't just get in; they got into the two seed. I thought their resume was a little soft, in, in my opinion. I feel like their resume is pretty similar to St. John's. Um, we don't have to dwell on Missouri State. But well, no, but I just want to make the point that that's another RPI move. Yeah, um, they're thirty-one. They're thirty-one in the, in the RPI. They have forty wins. They won the regular season. Um, I I thought they were one of the worst two seeds, and I think that's probably how they're seeded. Yeah. When if we look at the how it all lines up, but. Um, you know, yeah, that, it's not the greatest resume, uh, but they were even higher in the RPI before this. Right. They, they lost three games in the last two weeks against really bad competition because it was in conference play. And, you know, it just it torpedoed their RPI, but it still is 31. And, and again, I, I think that's really what the committee stuck with this year. And the committee chairman was not on the sh- uh, selection show today. Uh, for me, I, I wish they would put him back on the show next year. No offense to Coach Marquis. Kudos to him on. This season, I would love to have the committee chairman rather than Coach Marquess on the on the sixty four team field well, announcement. Let's just make Marquess the committee chair next year. Uh, maybe, but you got to have a cell phone for that. I'm not sure that in <laughs> retirement, Coach Marquess is going to want to add a cell phone. Then we had two teams from the Southland get in, so Sam Houston State winning the tournament probably stole a bid, and then Iowa in the Big Ten, like we mentioned, five Big Ten teams. This is like a Teddy Cahill. Everything's coming up Cahill when the Big Ten gets five teams. I. It's impressive that this is two times in three years now that the Big Ten has five. Don't five call minutes. it a comeback. They've been here for years. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was not the surprise. So last four in, Teddy, Auburn, Texas A&M, UCLA, Michigan. You talked about Michigan being a surprise. A- Auburn and A&M, those teams were in the mid-40s in RPI out of the Southeastern Conference. They get in. So basically, it's, it's pretty much straight RPI with the exception of South Carolina and the SEC had a pretty high RPI left out. South Carolina and Ole Miss out. both uh, had better RPIs than than the two SEC teams. But lesser, that get in. but lesser conference records. Yes, they both finished under 500 in the conference, whereas uh, A&M and Auburn won 16 conference games in the regular season. And uh, you know, I I felt like South Carolina might have passed Ole Miss uh, by what they did in the tournament, but they they didn't ultimately do enough in the tournament in, in Hoover to overcome. Uh, the gap between having a, a losing record, a pretty significant losing record, they were 13 and 17 in the conference play, uh, to what what Auburn and AM did during the regular season. Let's take a couple questions on the Facebook page again. Uh, we all the time we can take your questions at facebook.com/slash baseball America Mag. You know that because you're already there and you're you're watching us. Uh, Todd Frost uh, said great percentage on 63 of 64. I agree, great percentage, Teddy. Um, Alex Thomas uh, wants to know about the Braves. We'll skip past that. B.G. Wilson, let's go Owls. Ralph Grajeda, Houston Regional is no joke. So Houston, the Cougars out of the American Conference, got the, they won the conference tournament. We had a hard time sorting out the American all year. American wound up getting three bids, right? Three bids. UCF, so Central Florida, South Florida, and Houston. Connecticut left out. East Carolina's bid to be a bid stealer uh, ended the conference tournament championship game where they lost. Um, so Houston does have... Pretty interesting. Baylor the two and AM and the three. So that's an old Southwest Conference, three old Southwest Conference foes together in that regional with Iowa as the four, which just won the conference tournament. 
And Big Jake Adams, I guess I'm supposed to say Big Old Jake Adams. I think they call him Cake Adams. Cake Adams is outstanding. Mmm, cake. <laughs> That's a pretty tight regional. Houston, Houston seems like the kind of team, Teddy, that as long as they're in the winner's bracket, they're in great shape. Don't lose early because they did not win a lot of midweek games as soon as Seth Romero was sent the boot to use the B.A. parlance from the team. Their starting pitching depth is three deep, and that's kind of it, right? It is. Those three guys are really, really good with Trey Cumbie and John Kane um, and, and Mitch Olam. Those guys can go out and do this for them, but no, they don't want to fall into a loser's bracket. Um, but, you know, I, I look at this, I don't view this as a overly stout regional. I think it's a, definitely a tough draw for Houston. Um, you know, but Baylor has been very streaky, very up and down. They've been more down the last two weekends. Iowa got red hot the last few weeks and won the Big Ten tournament. Um, I'll be interested to see how that offense plays at Houston's ballpark, which is maybe a little more speed-based than power-based. Um, but we'll, we'll see what they can do down there. And then A&M is definitely – they're a good three. I would not want to see them. And they're going to match up very well pitching-wise with everyone with Brigham Hill and Corbin Martin as their one-two. I mean, A&M – I mean, uh, Houston as a, as a host should not have a, a comparable necessarily three seed to, say, the number one overall seed, Oregon State. But Oregon State has Yale as their three, and Houston has A&M. Small difference there uh, in quality of that. And I don't mean to throw any shade at Yale. My niece is going to Yale. I'm very excited about Yale. i got a Yale baseball hat. But – you know, A&M, not quite the same. Um, well, they do share uh, a connection with uh, Herbert, George Herbert Walker Bush. That's right, absolutely. A great call, 47 uh, Yale team, uh, College World Series first baseman. Joe Brown, only two from Conference USA. Are you surprised? Uh, Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech, it seemed like if either of those teams had a run to the championship maybe in the Conference USA tournament, maybe, but La Tech went two and Q. So Southern Miss runs the championship game loses, still gets to host a regional. They went 4-2 and two in the week. But Rice basically being the only other two, uh, only other Conference USA team, do you think any of the other teams deserved a bit out of that league? Well, I think Rice stole Old Dominion's bid. Okay. Um, and Louisiana Tech, the last two weeks have not been good. 0-2, like you said, they lost a series last week in not, Middle Tennessee State. Not a good week. That a good couple of weeks for Louisiana Tech, both on the field and for their coach alumnus, yes. uh, Greg Goff, let go at, at Alabama after one season. And so the way they finished the season, they it, it just felt like it was going to be too much. And then Old Dominion's RPI is surprisingly not that great. They did not play on the road very much this season, and okay. it shows in their RPI. Um, they're at 50, which is just a little, little too light this year. In some other years, I think they get in. They were in the last four out. They were definitely close. But I think if Rice loses yesterday, I think they get in because I would have been very surprised to see Conference USA as just a one-bid lead. Um, uh, that would have been that would have been stunning. Uh, one of the other comments we have here is "Don't sleep on USA" by Kevin Williams, KW eleven thirty one on Twitter. He means South Alabama, not the United States of America. <laughs> I don't think uh, on Memorial Day, I'm, I'm sure that no one should sleep on the USA. Um, you had that pegged, Teddy. I wanted to. Do, I, that's the reason I read this question. Southern Miss is the host. We just were talking about Mississippi State, the two, USA, the three, and Illinois, Chicago, the four. So again, props to the Cahillionaire. But you nailed this one. But miss that that is a that's a gumbo licious regional and super regional pairing because the winner of that super regional gets the LSU super with Southeast Louisiana Rice and Texas Southern in that. Um, that that's one of the more intriguing regionals I think. Southern anytime you hit Southern Miss and Mississippi State, Mississippi State another team that basically like 
must bludgeon way through. And as good as they are, Brett Rooker versus Tyler Taylor Braley. Uh, it's Taylor, right? That that's I'm not I'm not saying Braley is Rooker. No one's been the Rooker show this year offensively. Braley's not that far off. That guy's had a monster season as well. well him, Matt Walner, like that. There are going to be a lot of runs scored yes. in this regional. If you um, like runs, that's one to go watch. And I think Hattiesburg is going to be absolutely lit this weekend. They haven't hosted in an awful long time, so the, they're going to be very excited. Mississippi State fans are going to be pouring in there. South Al fans are going to be there. I don't know how well Illinois Chicago is going to travel, but probably not that well. The top three <laughs> seeds are going to make that just an absolutely fun environment. Uh, all weekend long, and, and again, there are going to be a lot of runs scored. That's the way Mississippi State and uh, Southern Miss are, are both built, and uh, South Al can can score too. You know, they're uh, they may be a little more balanced as a team than these other than those other two, but um, you know, I, I think they can compete uh, with, with those other two teams absolutely. It's going to be hard to be a, a All America two way player this year because you got Hazley and Brandon McKay, but Taylor Braley says hello. Sixteen home runs, five eighty seven slugging. And 76 innings, 74 strikeouts, 6-2, and two, 330. That's a great year. That guy's had a sneaky great year. A couple other questions. Mike G says, Colton Eastman's back for Fullerton rotation. Stanford is done. I know you don't think that. But that does make, if Colton Eastman, the sophomore of Fresno, is close to full strength, that makes Fullerton a lot more formidable than it would be otherwise. It does, absolutely. And um, That's a know, good regional, too, I think, with Fullerton as the two. BYU's a decent three. I mean, they're all properly seated. Those are all kind of dangerous teams. Well, and Sac State is the four with Justin Dillon going out there. I mean, yeah, he's had he's, a great year. He's gonna give. He potentially could give Stanford trouble uh, in, in that opener. And uh, you know, then if, uh, if if Fullerton pitches well, I mean, that, obviously it all starts with their rotation, as always with them. And Eastman's a big uh, a big boost for them. We have a lot of Twitter, uh, Facebook comments about Clemson being a host and how that didn't make sense. Um, what's your take on that? Clemson as a regional host. Versus Virginia, it seems like it's just cut and dry, Teddy. We should we should wrap up here soon, but Virginia's non-conference schedule, in the immortal words of Jim Callis, is a joke. I mean, it's just it's annually bad. I mean, if they don't play East Carolina, it's a bad. It's it's, it's they don't play anybody. I think basically. it was particularly bad this year, but I also don't think that should have denied them okay. uh, the host necessarily. I I don't really know how I fall on whether Clemson should or shouldn't have. I thought they weren't going to, and I think a lot of people around the sport thought they weren't going to. I think many, many people were surprised, coaches, observers, whatever. Correct me if I'm wrong. Have they not de-emphasized the last 10 games? Like, it used to be they, a column, they and now they have, don't. and I think people are still struggling to adjust to the, the that being taken out. But at the same time, uh, you know, Virginia did um, – you know, finish with a better conference record. Right. They did beat them head-to-head. Uh, yeah, they, the they split their four games. So they split the four games. So it just felt like, you know, they would defer to the team uh, that finished ahead of them in the standings. Instead, they defer to RPI, and that slightly favored Clemson, and so Virginia is now sent out on the road. Uh, a few more before we wrap up. Hughes McMurray wants to know, why was Vanderbilt a two? They had more losses than – I guess South Carolina has more wins and didn't get in. Explain how Vandy wasn't a three. Um, RPI. That's like, a, it, your answer to pretty much any question today, I think, is going to be RPI. The committee, I can't emphasize this strongly enough, the committee just went off of the RPI this year. I think you're right about that. Uh, Steve Gherkin, am I wrong for being optimistic about Rice's ch- chances and Baton Rouge gave LSU a ton of fury in last year's regional? I mean, w- with the way Rice is playing right now, I wouldn't count anything out, but 
throw the strikes. The way LSU is playing, uh, there there are not many teams in the country that can keep up right now. I don't like anybody's chances against LSU right now. I'm I'm on the Tiger bandwagon. Um, Michael Goddard asks, what kind of how great of a job do you think Randy Macy's done at West Virginia? Barely missed the field last year. Lost three pitchers this season when the Mountaineers were rolling midseason. Still two seed. I think I'll answer for Teddy. He thinks Randy Macy's did such a great job at uh, West Virginia that Randy Macy should be the next coach at uh, either Tennessee or wherever, an SEC or ACC job if he wants at a job where it's probably a little bit higher paying and probably easier to get in the NCAA tournament. Randy Macy has done a great job at West Virginia. That's a, a really impressive summation. program building in the last few years. Uh, what about these dirtbags going to Omaha in 2017? Be the first time since the days of Termel Sledge and uh, – Oh, what was the left-hander's name? Mike Gallo. I like Mike Gallo. I had a nice uh, bleach blonde hair back in 98. I mean, Long Beach State, this is their best shot. They haven't been this good in a long time. No, and not, I mean, not in regular season play. I've been all over this. You have. The dirtbag since last July. I put them in the first eight for Omaha. I mean, I'm all in. I, I think they've got a, a really impressive team, and, and they've played the way. They, they dominated the Big West this season. That is a really good regional, though, with Texas as their two and UCLA as their three. San Diego State is a four. You kind of wonder sometimes, Teddy, what would it have to take for a Pac-10 team in the Southland, in Southern California, to be sent out if a big – or what would it take for a Big West team to be sent out if UCLA is a host or vice versa? Because UCLA didn't seem like it deserved to – commute you know they barely got in they're on that last four in um what do you think the committee what would take for the committee to send them on the road for such a regional uh well i think they'd have to have too many teams out there not enough which hosts, hardly which, ever uh, happens but it happened in florida this year i was surprised that florida gulf coast is getting sent out to to north carolina i thought that uh they would contain all the florida teams but they got one of them got out um, so I think it, it's got to be that kind of situation where there are too many good teams but not enough hosts. Uh, Joe Brown asks, what about them Golden Eagles from Tennessee Tech? I'm on the Matt Braga train. I th- I, I'm always a big fan of back in the days of A.J. K.J., A.J. Kirby Jones. Tennessee Tech's had some had some guys get to the big leagues. I forget the pitcher who got there uh, uh, from Tennessee Tech. But it's usually an offensive uh, uh, program, offensive-oriented program. It is, after all, in the Ohio Valley Conference to the – Offensive-oriented league, and they have 90 home runs to lead the country. So, wouldn't surprise me if Texas, if Tennessee Tech squeezed in a, uh, a an upset win in the regional. I'd be stunned if an Ohio Valley team won the region, won a regional because they're just so offensively geared. Uh, two more: Keith Hansen. Will the field ever change from 16 hosts to 32? Could they ever? You ever see them inverting it with 32 hosts playing two out of three the first weekend, and then eight? Uh, four team uh, regionals the next time. I think if they were to do that, it wouldn't be the inversion. It would just be we would go to three three okay. series. And I know there are some people that like that model. I personally don't think I do. Um, I think the season's already long enough for college baseball. I, my issue is, like, this is a longer uh, question, but I I don't think that's going to happen. I think people like the regional format and finding thirty two host sites. I would increase i don't know what the cost would do but my guess is it would increase the cost yeah. of the tournament and that seems unlikely that the ncaa would take that on dan tucker uh with a travel question How, what do you think about delaware going and playing at texas tech but umbc going down to wake forest that just seems random someone there, has to there go. are just too many yeah. teams that, when i was putting this together there, there are just too many teams in the mid-atlantic region generally uh to you can take it further north into marist and, and up into the northeast some of those teams have to go some of them don't and delaware gets sent out um maybe that means they think baltimore county is a little bit better because they get 
They don't right. need to go play a national seed. Maybe that's how it went down to it. But uh, when in doubt, get uh, go to RPI. So Teddy's got to get out of here and go get on this conference call with this conference uh, the committee chairman who we did not hear from on the call on the uh, show. So great job again, Teddy. Sixty three out of sixty four is fantastic, and I believe better than the average. So well done, Teddy Cahill. Well done, JJ Cooper Engineering. Well done by all of you for participating at facebook.com slash baseballamericamag. We will have a longer podcast later in the day. Tons of analysis coming at baseballamerica.com. So for Ted Cahill and for Louisville Slugger, Power and Numbers, the sponsor of our college baseball podcast and all of our college coverage, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you on the next Baseball America Facebook Live. So long, everybody. Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.